I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Today, we are doing something exciting and new and different. We are doing on-air critiques. So a few brave writers out in the world have chosen to send us their work and allow us to critique it live on air for you. Mostly because we've done this in writers groups and we've learned a lot. And so we're hoping that both the writers who sent their work and you, the listeners, can learn something from our reactions to their work and our thoughts on what can make it even better. Right. I mean, we're not professionals at this. This is like a writing group. These are our opinions. And we're just trying to help you polish things up based on us as readers, what we think might help improve it. But Emma, I would say we need to start making sure they give us like a little, like a little blurb or something to let us know kind of what the overall arc of something is. Because I found I had questions. And I think if I kind of knew where a story was going, that might have explained a few things to me. Well, I kind of like this because I felt like, you know, this was like me picking up a book. Like I didn't read the back. I just opened the first page and here's what I got. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm good to go with that too. The, so the first piece that we're going to do, the very first Brave Soul um, is V. George. And she sent us a flash fiction. So super short piece of fiction that is meant, as far as I understood from the email, to stand on its own. That's what I got from it, too. It is called okay. The Graceland Doe. Which, which, can we start with the title, please? Okay. <laughs> because I, I read this title, and at first I thought we were talking about a doe like a deer. Oh, okay. And I actually liked that because it made, like, the first paragraph sort of a little discovery moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't think any other title would have done. So I, I did like, I did like the title. I think it's a good choice. I have to say that I love the first sentence. So I'm not reading, the, out loud. The, not reading the whole stories out loud, but I love this sentence. Yes. It's first they'll find my mandible after the snow thaws and it slides down the hill into some roadside slush. What a sentence. Do you, I, how can you not want to read what happens next? It's impossible. It's impossible to read that first sentence and not keep reading. And that is good writing. Mm -hmm. So what were your thoughts overall? Because overall, I have to be honest, I don't have a lot to say about this. Um, I got a little confused as to, to who it was. Um, but the writing was was pretty strong. That, that first sentence... Um, the descriptives, the the way it pulls you in was, I thought, carried through very well. Just, I think I just need a bit more context. I agree. So I think what the, what the writer was trying to do here, and hopefully she'll publish this somewhere and you all can, can read it, but um, the story is told in uh, the second person. So speaking directly to you, whoever you is, um, by the Graceland Doe, who, within the first paragraph, you kind of know who that is. And spoiler alert, it's not a deer. Um, <laughs> but I was left with the question, as I read this, of who is you? Because mm -hmm. it's clearly not me, the reader. It's it's a very specific you. 
Right. And that's where I got confused. Right. And I, I feel like in order for the story to work and stand alone, I need to know who the you is. Or at least be able to make an educated guess. Mm -hmm. And after reading it, I read, kind of read it through that first time and then read it very carefully the second time looking for clues. And on the second read, I, I still couldn't decide if they were speaking to a child, like their child, mm -hmm. or their sibling. See, I got it. It might not even be a, a it might have been an adult. or I, I don't know. It, it's really hard. There's a lot of little things it talks about playgrounds, but that's from a long time ago. Um, and there's a lot of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say who they're talking to. But yeah, I would agree. The only thing I would really need in here is a bit more, who is you? Yeah, that was really just the biggest, the biggest piece I was missing because I felt like I was getting a story. You know, there was, there was, I mean, we're talking about the found mandible. There's clearly a body being found, yeah. right? And the body is speaking to us. The person who ha who owned this body is speaking to someone. But unless I know who, the full emotional impact of the story is a little bit lost to me. So right. if I could say with absolute or even with fairly decent certainty, you know, if I could say 75% sure that this is their child, then I would feel like this was a fulfilling story arc. Without that, I'm left with too many questions. And I end up like nitpicking the story apart, trying to figure it out. And then, you know, not really fully enjoying that experience. Yeah, I, I was a little confused about the, so it says, I deserve those gnarls in the elegant column of my spine where the infection set in. And that they put it there themselves. Oh, so I guess the person is saying, I put it there myself if you were to be believed. So I guess... They try to convince the person they made themselves sick. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's some sort of addiction at play, but also that, oh, my dog, Tibby, stop it. Go away. When we're recording, listeners, it's always when Teddy decides that it's the best time to play loudly with his squeaky toy. So it is. Teddy's made a guest appearance. Hi, Teddy. Yeah, go play. So, um, I... Yeah, there's clearly some addiction at play here, but it's also you get the impression that it's not what actually killed the person because there's discussion right. of a of a skull and all the pieces aren't there. So like clearly, if all the pieces of your skull aren't there, you were killed somewhere else and dropped, which means you didn't OD, which means what killed you. And so now by the end of this and with all these questions still to still remaining unanswered, I kind of want this to be the first chapter of yes, something like, and give not a standalone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you've teased us. Now, please tell us more. Like, now tell us how the whole mystery happened. Like, okay, we understand that you've, your body's been found. Now we want to hear the other 300 pages. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, I think our, our verdict here, V. George, if you're listening, and I hope you are, our verdict here is that we would like the entire thriller that goes with this story, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and if that happens, I think that some of these questions that I don't know the answers to, I don't have to know in this section because right. they'll be uncovered later. Um, if you're going to make this stand alone, though, I absolutely need to know who is you? Who are we talking to here? I agree. Otherwise, okay. great job, V. George. Yeah, very impressive. I'm so excited that this was the first submission we got. Okay, and now we move on to our second brave human. 
Demon Curse, Chapter One. Oh wait, my things are okay. I had to wait for my comments to load. That's what I was trying to do too. It's like stall, stall. And <laughs> <laughs> just like in writers group, and everybody's like, "Who can pull it up fastest? I'll go first if I can pull it up fastest." <laughs> okay, so Demon Curse by Marie Flynn. Yes, he sent us uh, most of her first chapter, I believe. I think it is the first chapter. It felt like a first chapter to me. Uh, yeah, it did have an end. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Beginning, middle, end. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an urban fantasy. Um, Clearly, yes. She does say it is a rough draft, but she wanted to get our opinions on it. So do you want to start or do you want me to? I mean, I kind of broad strokes. I have to say I love the concept. Yes. So, so the, with it- the concept is that there's kind of a germaphobe demon stuck in a cat's body trying to get back to his normal kale eating life in hell (laughs) oh my gosh when you phrase it that way it's the most brilliant story idea ever (laughs) good job marie i love it um yeah i i love i love the concept of like a demon who who like runs 10 miles on the treadmill and eats kale because like that's my idea of hell yes so (laughs) But he seems to enjoy it. But he does, and he really wants to get back to it. Um, I love that he can't stand being dirty. Yeah, he gets... uh, There were a couple of times, like, at first, where I wasn't understanding why he was so obsessed with being... Because, like, it seemed out of character for what I thought of as a demon. Right. Um, So I think there is some massaging to do to make sure that I understand that it's a... His character trait. Mm. um and not just yeah yeah yeah. because i i do now that you say that i kind of that that's probably where we're going with this that he's kind of like that he's kind of uptight for a demon um but i was at first like why would a demon care that something's gross like he's a demon no i just totally got germaphobe from him like first off like no things (laughs) are touching him he hates it Ah. (laughs) so i would say my My biggest concern here is that I feel like we're getting a lot of details kind of thrown at us, not always in the most effective order. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like I'm getting too much backstory and sometimes I feel like I'm just getting the details out of order so that I don't, I don't necessarily need those things in that sequence in order to understand what's going on. And so it feels um, disjointed or distracted, even though there is a sequence of events happening that makes sense. No, that's, I I got that as well. Um, But I think that you see that a lot in rough drafts. You're trying to put all the information in and then they go back and go, okay, they don't need to know that right now. They can know that later. Right. The first page she's talking about, um, he can see auras and talking about all the different colors that there are. We probably don't need all of that right away. Um, We understood what aura vision is. So, you know, we can get where the, the aura is coming from and what the colors mean, probably in just a quick sentence or two. That's funny, because that was that was exactly the point where I had the first comment <laughs> about, like, I love this idea that the demon can see auras and can, like, make a determination about the kind of creature that he's looking at and also the status of their soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, a, like, all of a sudden you were telling me what all the different colors meant, and I didn't feel like I needed that right at that moment it, right. on the first page of the story. And I think some of that, uh, just as you know you're reading an urban fantasy, just saying the word aura, I think 99% of the readers of that genre are already going to know 
okay, I know what an aura is. Um, so you don't have to give a lot of detail. So you got to kind of think in terms of what your readers already come into this with. Um, so you don't probably need to let them know everything about it. Just say you have an aura vision and, you know, you see a he's covered in a human's, I don't remember the color, gray. It was gray, yeah. Humans are boring gray. And the darker the gray, the less uh, pure their soul, which I thought was great. I liked yeah, I like that, that whole concept. But yeah, I just think the detail, we don't need that much detail up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find some of the writing hilarious. There yeah, were a few places. Some great lines. Um, so I think like if you, if you tease that out, some of those really funny lines, like um, there's a point when he's describing how he can like shoot fire and in a, as a human, in a humanoid form, he shoots fire out of his hands, which as you know, you'd kind of expect, but mm. when he's in the cat form, he, it's basically like a fire hairball. Yes. <laughs> and, he, and there's like, there's like, uh, brackets so much less awesome like, I love that <laughs> he's like self-aware of how awkward it is that he's a cat and so I really like I really like this concept and I do want to see where this goes and there is some deep deeply funny stuff happening and there's really like snarky little back and forth yes no there's there's some definite great lines in there um like when he wants to the other character throws a knife towards him and she's like, look, Missy, I don't have thumbs. So unless you want to duct tape the handle to my paw, that was pointless. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say overall it's, this is really like, it feels like a first draft, but it feels like a first draft with promise. You know, there's an interesting premise here. Um, I definitely want to know more about the the female character because I feel like, she is is promising to be interesting without me actually knowing really anything about her at this point, except that she's like lopping off people's heads. So that's yeah. fun. Um, <laughs> well, we already like her because she lops off people's heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Urban urban fantasy for the win. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but there is like, there's definitely some some thought that needs to happen about like, what details do I need right this second? Mm-hmm. And which ones can wait? And what sequence do you need to reveal details in order for the reader to follow what's happening rather than trying to do like this full sensory. I felt sometimes like I was like getting my head dunked underwater, like here's the scene. (laughs) And you know, that's a little hard to do for, for too long. You know, you can do that in an action scene, but then you have to kind of slow down and let me understand what's happening. Yeah. The, the female character, I don't remember her name. Um, I don't even know we get her It was name. Eddie. Oh, Eddie. That's right. Um, she needs to be fleshed out just a little bit more. I know there's, that's hard to do in a, the chapter one. Now my dogs are making an appearance. Oh, George. <laughs> they have um, thoughts. Because we're talking about cat demons. They're like, yeah, excuse me. All yeah, cats are demons. I must get involved. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell that I'll, I mean, she's your definite typical, not, not in a bad way, but your urban fantasy protagonist. You know, she's got her... She's a kick-ass lady. She's going to go out and kill the bad things. So I'm on board. Um, she now has a demon cat. Yes. Go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't feel like I necessarily need more of her in this chapter, even. I mean, I I feel like I know what I need to know about her, which is she's a badass and she has a demon cat and they're going to go kill some people. <laughs> um, and that's enough to be going on with, I feel like, in her first chapter. No, um, okay. I think by chapter two... 
definitely you need to start giving me something more about her that gives her more presence as an individual and not just as like a, you know, I don't want her to end up being like a leather clad faceless woman. Right. Um, but I think that this early on, we're really in the cat's head, the cat demon's head. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where you want to be in a cat demon head. Right. I keep, I'm sorry, I keep getting, getting visions of, um, Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So like everything that happens, I picture this as Salem doing it. Like the, the TV version that was on when I was a kid where he was like an animatronic cat. Oh, yeah. And I just, that's all I can see. And so it's delightful and I love it. <laughs> see, now I want to know what kind of cat he is. Does it Does say anywhere? Is he like a big, fluffy, soft, smushy cat? Or is he like a tomcat? Or I, I think we need to know what kind of cat this is. I agree. So, yeah, if you can work on some details about the cat, maybe, you know, there's some places where, like, he gets really upset about having to lick himself. So maybe we can talk about <laughs> fur color there. Oh, especially um, if he's long-haired. Because then he's going to yeah. have all that fur in his mouth. Yeah. Also, also... There's no indication in this first chapter, which again, I'm fine with not knowing yet, but there's no indication in this first chapter of why he's trapped in a cat's body. So I do look forward to learning the answer to that question. He's not happy about it. That's for sure. He's, uh, he's <laughs> displeased. Displeased. Yes. He is the displeased, displeasure of all cats. Yes. So yeah, other than that, there was just, um, I only had a few little notes, like, uh, Something about blood splatter. I, I'm pretty sure with a couple of decapitated bodies, there's going to be more than blood splatter. There's going to be soakage. There's gonna yeah, be yeah, pools, rivers. Yeah, lots there's of the, it. To me, splatter implies like a, a splatter on the wall or the floor. There's two decapitated bodies. There's going to be some serious blood to wade through. <laughs> and he's a cat, so he's really close to the ground. So. Yes. <laughs> It'll touch him. Yeah, and he'll get dirty. <laughs> no, so overall, there's definite promise here. Uh, I think it just needs to get cleaned up a little. Uh, tightened up, really. Yeah, yeah. I think just some of the details can probably be pushed to later in the story. Um, and you won't... It'll, pro it'll be a tighter story if you push those details later. And just let me sort of bask in the strangeness of demon caught in a cat's body and that'll and be fine the humor the humor keep is the humor totally on point the humor is everything in this story like if this story were taking itself too seriously it wouldn't work because he's a demon in a cat's body who drinks kale like no, it wouldn't work <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that the author knows that they're funny and that they're they're doing funny things on purpose. And so I really like that. And I, I want that to carry through the whole thing. Like, I don't want it to get, like, suddenly dark and scary. Like, there can be dark things, obviously. But I don't want it to, like, go completely grim. Because it's too... There's too much opportunity for truly entertaining humor. Right. Yeah, this would not now work as a, a grim, dark tale. This, is, this has got to be quirky. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so good job. We hope to see more from you. Yeah, let us know. Both Marie and, let me make sure, V. George. I'm using people's, the names that people gave us um, as their pen names. So I don't know what your regular name is, but we're using those names because that's what's on your, your documents. So 
um, both Marie Flynn and V. George, we hope to get updates on what happens with these stories because I want to read about the the demon cat. And I do very much want to know the backstory of the Graceland Doe. So I expect a full manuscript um, <laughs> within the year, please. Uh, <laughs> but no pressure. No. no pressure, but just, you know, write us the whole book, please. Thank you. <laughs> if anyone else out there in the, in the bookish universe would like to undergo this extremely scary experience, we just put these two wonderful people through, you can send us your pieces to, what is our email address? Indiebookpodcast at gmail.com. Yes? yes? Yes. Or if you want us to look at your covers or your blurbs, I mean feel free. We're, we're happy to give our, our opinions and hopefully helpful feedback on whatever you'd like us to look over. Yeah. And to talk about it so other people can learn along the way. Um, we are also be sending our line by line critique to these writers so that they get the benefit of the same sort of thing we would be doing if we were in a writer's group and sending them that feedback that they can review. Um, so yeah, we hope you take advantage of this. We hope you enjoyed this. Please let us know. We have a new Twitter account, so you can direct message us on Twitter. You can catch either of us on Instagram. Are you on Instagram now, Shelly? Yes? I am now. Woohoo! <laughs> What's your handle on Instagram? I will have to tell you later because I don't remember. <laughs> okay. We'll I put it in the comments. In between podcasts. <laughs> oh, really? In between yeah. podcast recordings? That's hilarious. Okay. So we'll put Shelly's handle in the in the comments so that y'all can follow her. I am Life Imperative on Twitter. and No, I'm at Life Imperative on Instagram and I'm Emma G. Writer on Twitter. Sorry, that's confusing. I didn't brand myself well. Um, but come talk to us. Tell us what you thought of this episode. Tell us what you're working on and share your stuff because we want to talk about it. Hooray! Yay! We critiqued. We did it. <laughs>